0: This is Nicolette back with another episode and my friend Allison is here with me today and we're going to be talking about block. What is a block? So transitioning, Allison, would you like to start and maybe just tell us a few things about yourself?
1: Yeah, so um, my name's Allison. I'm Mm -hmm. from Kansas City. I worked with Nicolette for years. Yeah. Yeah. And we just had a really good connection pretty much right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I'm married, I have two kids and what a block means to me is what I guess we're going to be talking about. You yeah. know, can have all kinds of blocks from healing and growth and all of those things.
0: Yeah. So we've been discussing a few different things and just trying to figure out how we want to, I guess, focus in on what a block is. Um, but I guess the biggest piece here is about mental health and how we can be, Using different substances, different circumstances to block us from getting over things, healing from things, being able to see the big picture in things. Um, and so for Allison, she's now been a year sober from mm-hmm. alcohol.
1: Congrats. Yes. I mean,
0: that's a really big deal. Thank you. I haven't said that, but that is a huge commitment. So, congratulations. Thank there. you so much. So, just generally speaking, like, how has, like, what caused this transition for you, this sobriety?
1: Um, it took, uh, well, a lot of misery, um, a lot of hating myself. Um, and really it was a long time coming. I had struggled with alcohol since my very first drink. Um, I always drank more than everybody else. Um, I was always that friend that everyone else had to take care of. Mm -hmm. Um, and that started out in my early twenties, but once I had kids and you just sort of you just don't drink like you did before you had kids. Um I I definitely didn't think I had a problem with it. Um it would show up at certain times, um especially like if I was dealing with something hard emotionally, um I would just drink more. Um and I was a solidarity drinker, so I didn't go out and drink. I wouldn't I don't party and drink. It was uh I put the kids to bed grab a bottle of wine, go sit outside, drink the whole thing, and then drink another bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, Basically, until I'm just totally 100% numb. Um, So, that just kept creeping up um, in my life in certain seasons, and then it just became more consistent. So, I was just drinking a lot, and a lot more often. And so, I just... I was telling you earlier that I just decided one day that um, I didn't want to numb myself anymore because along with numbing myself from all of the bad stuff that I had been suppressing, I numbed all of the really good things that were happening to me as well. So,
0: yeah. And that's, yeah. that's so powerful. When she told me that she was numbing all of the positive as well, because a lot of times we think of substance abuse as just a way to get rid of the bad. But it's not just the bad. Unfortunately, we do leave the good behind as well and we're not able to yeah. appreciate life for what it is because we're constantly drowning ourselves with that with, with, with whatever substance we choose truthfully yeah you know it could be anything i've yeah. definitely had my problems with just different substances that i allow to take over me in different at different times so mm-hmm. i can absolutely relate um actually i did have a couple questions so i guess you've talked a little bit about this but like how would you say that your perspective has changed after your sobriety So I know you talk
1: a little bit about the pink cloud. Yeah, so um, there is this thing called the pink cloud. And when you quit drinking, um, you are really alleviated. It's this feeling of power and control. You have it under control. And um, it's euphoric. And you feel like you could just do anything. Um, It's a huge confidence booster. Every day that passes that you don't drink, you're just... Just so sure of yourself. I'm on top of the world. Yes. And, and you're, you honestly, and I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody who goes through this process, mm-hmm. but, um, I know that it's a real thing and I was looking at it as though like alcohol, oh, obviously alcohol was the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just never knew that alcohol was affecting me and affecting my emotional state so deeply. Um, because clearly like I'm doing so much better now that I'm not drinking and in about six months, um, I realized that I, it was actually all, um, yeah, I just, I realized that I had been ignoring the, I, all the stuff that caused me to drink like I did came to the surface. Mm-hmm. So it was like a rude awakening. And I think that a lot of people at this point go back to drinking because they're like, well, alcohol wasn't the problem. I was the problem. And Mm -hmm. so then they go back to drinking. Um, But I heard this really great analogy, and that has kept me from drinking. And it's so, like, just imagine that you're on a beach and there's big waves coming. And you can run from the wave, Mm -hmm. which ultimately is going to knock you down. And yank your swimming suit off and embarrass Mm -hmm. you in front of the whole beach. (laughs) Or you can turn around and you can dive under the wave. Mm. And then when you come back out, the wave is smaller. Um, So I just looked at it like that. Because after that pink cloud lifted and I was finally dealing with all the stuff that I had been putting off, I was like, okay, I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to dive into it all. And to be honest, like I'm, let's see, 16 months sober now. I still... I'm dealing with all of that stuff like it comes up it's a daily thing and some days it's exhausting but I know that it's worth it and I don't have my little friend alcohol to to numb me and to make me feel better yeah so that's powerful
0: yeah so another question um so you talked about because we were again like we've kind of discussed some of these things and now we're just bringing them to the surface but how did you know that meditation was going to be something to help you? Cause you know, I talk about a lot of meditation mm-hmm. and you're also talking about the idea of, you know, essentially coming or being true to your inner self. Yeah. You knew that you had to get rid of alcohol to be there with yourself. So for meditation, like what, what caused you to want to meditate? I guess.
1: Uh, I think it just was that I had nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only so many people you can have conversation, conversations with that, help you um there's only so many books you can read that help you um but really it's the shit going on inside that number one will help you retain all of the stuff that you're learning um and two just like the peace starts inside of us so it doesn't matter how many self-help books we read how many great conversations we have what programs we're a part of um all that stuff will just bounce right off the surface that's um, so powerful.
0: At- and just make you feel like you're doing such a great job because you're a part of something. Mm-hmm. So that is the part that makes you feel at ease or makes you feel like you're getting ahead. But yeah, if you're not in tune with yourself, it's a, a counterproductive battle <laughs> with is. your fucking self. It
1: is. And you're going to walk through life constantly feeling like you're being fake. Yeah. And, um, and also, I, I really believe in like, the fact that we radiate what's going on inside of us and people, they may not understand that they're, what is off about you, but mm. people will recognize that something's off about you. Yeah. And if you don't trust yourself, if you don't know yourself, people will not trust you and people will not get to know you.
0: Yeah. And, um, so we'll be I, able to help, you know, because there yes. are certain connections. I believe that we are supposed to be, um, benefiting from here on earth i mean there's over billions of you know there's billions of people here on this earth you know we're always experiencing new things new experiences or new circumstances rather new people so at some point there are other people that are supposed to help us through battles
1: no but i mean you can't recognize like the good in somebody if they aren't feeling good about themselves right and i think meditation um helps a lot with that. And mm. um, you meditation, I think I really didn't want to even be a part of it for a long time because the idea of like clearing my mind was just like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I constantly have a dialogue going on in my brain. Um, and meditation isn't about that. It's not about clearing your head. Mm-hmm. It's about, um, acknowledging your thoughts yep. and, being non-judgmental and compassionate to yourself. So those things that float through our head during our moments of silence, um, mm-hmm. it's just important to understand what is going on in your head. Cause I mean, the root of all of it
0: is, is what you're going to listen to yeah. what you hear. And I'm an overthinker too. Like I definitely have a lot of things going on. So that's, that's why I was asking about the meditation because that was something for me that just during different times in life where I'm like, if I don't learn how to deal with these thoughts, I'm never going to get ahead. Like I'm never going to be able to understand whatever it is that I'm supposed to understand, you Mm -hmm. know? So like she said, being compassionate with yourself, acknowledging those thoughts, but also as you're acknowledging those different thoughts, focusing in on whatever your intention is, whatever it is that you're aiming to get done, because Mm -hmm. there's some goal, you know, you know, when you say there's like some kind of end goal that you're trying to get out of meditation, in addition to, having to deal with all of these thoughts just, like, coming to the surface,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's interesting how um, addiction goes so – it just goes along with, uh, like, the avoidance of, mm. of understanding yourself and listening to yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just uh, – you don't want to feel it. A lot of times, you know, we're trying to get over trauma. We're trying to deal with past pain, um, insecurities, and all of that stuff. And so somebody who's prone to addiction – um, I mean, for me, I'm definitely prone to addiction. I just think differently than somebody who is not mm-hmm. an alcoholic. Um, like, okay, I, if you have a glass of wine and it's just sitting there and it's sitting there for like two hours in my head, I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you, have <laughs> a, you have a bottle in there and you need to get, it you know? yeah. <laughs> So I know that, um, sort of, and, and I mean, one thing that has come out of all this, when I say that after the pink cloud lifted, I realized why I had been drinking. The reason I was drinking is because I, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and, um, I thought for sure that alcohol was the reason I was so anxious. Yeah. Um, but no, actually, I mean, alcohol, um, they say like alcohol pours gasoline, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. Like alcohol with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So alcohol was not helping. It was sort of like making it to the point of being crippling, Mm -hmm. you know, crippling anxiety. But um, I deal with anxiety daily. I just have to, um, I have, I've got the tools now.
0: So, okay, that's a good question. So, like, how, like, daily, you're getting overwhelmed for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe it's like in a... Like a what am I trying to say? Let me just think of a good scenario. So let's just say, you know, maybe something pops up, you have to pick up the kids early or something like that, mm-hmm. and you get anxious for whatever reason. I don't know what else is going on in the background. I don't even want to make it dramatic. But mm-hmm. how are you dealing with anxiety in those like spur of the moment? Situation.
1: So that actually takes, and I, I don't always see meditation as like a sitting there with like my legs crossed. I agree. You know, like I agree. it's uh so meditation for me in a situation like that. And I believe this is very meditative. Mm-hmm. It's like allowing the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been taught. I think society teaches that just deep breathe, think positively and that's good. But if you deal with anxiety um, like I do, That is not helpful. Right. Um, What is helpful is, you know, I I know this sounds crazy, but I actually tell my anxiety. I'm like, okay, you're here. Like, you're allowed to be here. You're trying to protect me from something. I'm actually safe, so I don't need you right now, Mm, but I appreciate you coming. Mm. Um, Which I know is like, uh, sounds a little schizophrenic, like to talk to my anxiety, but but yeah. it helps it helps me yeah. to um allow it in. So yeah. I always think of anxiety as like a guard dog. Um mm. it is there to protect the house. Yeah. Um if whatever is at the door is safe and I let it in, that guard dog's going to calm down. Yeah. and it's going to relax cuz knows I'm safe. Mm-hmm. So um
0: or if it's, you keep on trying to suppress it, and, yeah. And, you if know, I don't open the door it.
1: and let whatever is out there in, mm-hmm. then that anxiety is going to keep barking, going to keep getting more worked up, yep. and going to freak out because it feels like the house is under attack. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, just so. have to, um, yeah. I just allow it in, and I, I now know tools that I never knew before in dealing with anxiety, and the biggest one is accepting it. Yeah. But it's also um understand the science behind anxiety.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like back in the day I would have survived because my fight or flight instinct is on point. <laughs> <laughs> it works hard. Hell yeah. Hell so yeah. um yeah. yeah. So the science behind anxiety is very helpful. In understanding how to deal with it.
0: Right. Yeah. Instead of making it look like a crippling mm-hmm. effect to who you are as a person. Because that is a part of who you are. Yeah. You know, because, and that's a good point. Because I feel like a lot of times people always throw out anxiety as, anxiety as this, um, I don't know, just, just like a, what would you call it? I mean, Mental
1: illness? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: That is kind of where I'm going with that. But it doesn't have to be if you know how to use it to your advantage. So yeah. I love that you accept it, you let it in, and then you calm it down. Yeah. Beasts, it's a beast. It's okay. Yeah,
1: you're all right.
0: All oh, is good. Uh-huh. I love that. It's well, like-
1: and it's also, well, and I think people that have anxiety are really ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that we don't like to talk about. And I do think that people say, well, yeah, I am anxious. But they won't tell you how deep it goes. Right. Um, right. And I read this really amazing book called Dare um, mm. recently, just hmm. putting that out there. I don't remember the author's okay. name, but it's a really good book up. about anxiety. And he talks about um, how, you know, if you are an anxious person, you don't have mental illness. You are not crazy. You will never, this will not drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest fear of people with anxiety is that like mm-hmm. something is seriously wrong. And if it's not right now, something is going to be seriously wrong with me mm-hmm. in the future. Like I'm slowly going insane. And that's just not true. Yeah. Um, a lot of people deal with anxiety on yeah. all levels.
0: We're all human. Yes. We're so. All
1: human. Yeah.
0: Okay. So explain in detail what the battle with yourself feels like energetically. Like, essentially, what's the root of a conflict? And I guess we kind of talk, talked on this or touched on it. Um, but also, like, what's the common denominator when it comes to these different conflicts?
1: Yeah. So... Definitely the uh, conflict is that I just haven't felt, I, I guess, just good enough. I think mm-hmm. that is something that everyone struggles with. Absolutely. Am I good enough? Um, and then you throw in certain things like self-destruction mm-hmm. and mental disorders, mental illness, all of that. Um, addiction. It, addiction. It all just it makes it ten times worse, and mm-hmm. it makes it a lot harder to move past it. So... Um. Yeah, that, I guess that would be it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And another thing, too, that I wanted to throw out that we were talking about earlier is just the fact that addictions don't... Like, I feel like there's all of these... Like, there's a hierarchy of what mm-hmm. addictions are worse than the others, you know? But even if you're not dealing with any kind of drug, per se, or alcohol, there's, like you said, the shopping addiction or, mm-hmm. you know, addiction with food, addiction with... I mean, maybe even just the... Like, be, needing to be around people, which I even struggle mm-hmm. with that because I don't want to be by myself. Yeah. So, it's like needing to be around other people because dealing with myself is just not enough. Mm-hmm. It's not culture. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, different addictions come at different times. So yeah. So, this is definitely You can not... be
1: addicted to fear. Oh, yeah. Or you can be... And, I mean, it's not like you want to be addicted to fear, <laughs> yeah. but you can be addicted to fear. Worst case scenario thinking. You can yeah. be addicted to being alone, being alone with your own thoughts. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. fear of that it's yeah the addiction is oh my gosh there's so many it's not just drugs
0: it's not just and drugs food and or sex. coffee you no. know that's another addiction a lot of people yeah, don't fail so <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you know again we have to pick our poison pick yeah. our demons pick mm-hmm. whatever i mean i feel like also we all have different brain chemistry so there are certain things that are going to sit well with us and some that won't mm-hmm. so You know, but understanding, acknowledging that and not putting ourselves on this fucking pedestal as if we have no flaws because we all do Mm -hmm. in some way or another. So it's really cool that, you know, you've been honest about this journey and, you know, you're being vulnerable enough to talk about this shit publicly because Mm -hmm. I don't know who's all going to see it, but I appreciate you being a guest for it. For sure. I appreciate the opportunity and I think I really just want to normalize
1: the conversation. about addiction that we're not broken. people just you know suffering like everybody I mean and you know we had talked about earlier we're all kind of going through the same things and um, it's just important to share what you're going
0: through hopefully someone can relate absolutely so anybody else if you're looking to you know get those demons out the closet if you need somebody something to bring you to the forefront just know that i'm here even if it's a private conversation you know i'm always willing to have these type of conversations to like she said normalize the the conversation normalize these topics that have been suppressed over years (laughs) so that we can all come together as a people and understand each other and be compassionate Mm -hmm. with each other you know so yeah thank you guys for tuning in and i'll see you next time Thanks for listening, and I'm spreading unconditional love wherever you are.